the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. Welcome to Wednesday. Yeah, you made it to the middle of another week. Thank you for being here. This is Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. And boy, have we got stuff to get to today. And of course, it's a Wednesday. So that means Dr. Jorge will be stopping by for a little Wellness Wednesday action and um, all kinds of stuff. The president is having lunch with the Republican senators. Now, I kind of liken this to, you know, getting called into the boss's office after you screwed something up. Let's face it, healthcare and the attempts to, to redo the healthcare bill, get rid of Obamacare, all that stuff, failed miserably. And uh, it's preventing the president from counting a real win legislatively. So I, I don't know how much of this is going to be comfortable. And I wonder if all of those senators will show up. I wonder, for, for example, Susan Collins of Maine, the one senator who said she would never vote. She's pretty much not wavered. So I wonder if she shows up. If you are the only one who doesn't show up for the presidential meeting, do you think, uh, do you think you're going to get in big trouble? Maybe. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, maybe the, the luncheon will end by the time we're finishing, finishing the show, and we'll see if we can find out what the heck happened. I, I, I don't think this is going to be a, a reignite the health care bill thing, even though yesterday Mitch McConnell talked about we're going to have a vote next week. Yeah, come on. Come on, Charlie Brown. Lucy's just going to move the football. You can't do this. Not at all. So um, that that story, and then there's another story that I that I wanted to uh, that I promised you. I teased it, and I, I guess I need to get to it. No, I'm not going to jump on Freedom Fest that quickly. But there was a story that broke last night about another meeting between the president and Vladimir Putin. Another meeting between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin during the G20. And based on everything we know, this was Putin and Trump at a dinner. And the only other person there was was Putin's official translator. So we did not have an American translator. This is the outrage that everyone's drumming up now. Well, we don't know if the translations of what uh, the president told Putin were accurate. All we have is the word of the Russian translator. And who knows? Because that's what happens when you have two guys that are speaking two different languages. One of them could say something, and if the translator gets it wrong... Your translator can say, oh, no, hold on a second, what the president meant was, and they can correct it. So there, people are getting all tense about this meeting, this, this second meeting at the G20. And initially, it was a, a great panic. People were really torn up about it, and they were freaking out. They're going, oh, my God. 
And I know what happened. I figured out what happened. I get it. I have it. Uh, You're going to shake your head and say, why didn't I think of that? Here's the meeting. Here's the the meeting uh, that's um, probably going to take up a little bit of time. But I don't think, I think it's going to be much to do about nothing. It'd be more, more important for Dr. Phil to be in this meeting than it would be for, for, let's say, Rex Tillerson or a presidential translator. And why is that? Because this was a fancy schmancy dinner held at the G20. This was one of those big dinners where everybody's in their tuxedos. I think we saw them all walking down the steps towards the dining area towards the, the banquet hall, wherever they were holding this. And it, so it was the, the leaders of the G20 and their spouses. So you got 40 people. And perhaps it was uh, eight tables. Perhaps it was uh, six tables, whatever it was. You might have 10 people at each table. But at fancy dinners like this, you may show up with your spouse, but what you don't do What you don't do is attend the meeting with your spouse or attend the dinner with your spouse. Your spouse stays behind. So Donald Trump and your spouse stays behind, sits at a different table. You sit at table A, your spouse sits at table B. Donald Trump's wife, the first lady, Melania Trump, was not sitting next to Donald Trump. She was at another table altogether. And who was she sitting next to? Vladimir Putin. That is right, Tovarishes. Vladimir Putin, one of the Mac Daddies of the Mac Daddyism. Putin is a known hound. Putin is a he's a smooth operator. Plus, if he was interested, Melania, you know he'd flirt with her a little bit and get her flirting. But even if he wasn't. He knows how jealous Donald Trump is. Do you know what? He was driving Trump crazy, probably laughing and smiling and flirting with Melania. And Donald Trump, this is like two lions in the jungle, right? Two big lions in the jungle. And there's there's one lioness available. I'm absolutely 100% certain in my core that nothing really happened in that, in that meeting, this extra meeting between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. The only thing that did happen, Vladimir Putin trolled Donald Trump, made him jealous, had the green-eyed monster pop up and come over and try and protect his territory, his turf, his lioness. I'm telling you, that's what was going on here. This is how Putin trolls Trump. And yeah, Putin's a player, or does he just crush a lot? But Vladimir Putin was working it to jerk Donald Trump's chain. And I'll I'll bet you if we ever see pictures from inside that meeting, that's exactly what that's going to be. It was dinner table conversation at a G20 formal dinner event. Trump did not have his wife sitting next to him. She was at another table. He had to get up. And protect his territory. I'm guessing. Yes, I'm totally guessing. I wasn't there. I have no inside knowledge. But when you put it all together, guess what? It makes complete sense. It makes total sense. Right? Am I crazy?
Well, those are two separate questions. I'm going to step aside early because we have a special guest joining us just around the corner from uh, Freedom Fest and from Las Vegas, the former mayor of Las Vegas. Oh, uh, yes, the one and only, the very, uh, the very colorful Oscar Goodman is going to be joining us. His wife is the current mayor, but we're going to talk Freedom Fest and get a little sneak preview of it next on Pure Opelka. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It's a big day. It's July 19th. Uh, Happy birthday, Chris. You know where you are. Also, it's a big day because today is the opening of a conference in, uh, in Las Vegas, the 10th anniversary of Freedom Fest. And if you haven't heard about Freedom Fest, it's still kind of in its infancy. But there is... Um, there is much going on at Freedom Fest, including uh, many, many speakers you'll recognize, people like Matt Kibbe, Mike Lee, and an entrepreneur, a, a business leader, a, a former presidential candidate, Steve Forbes, will be there as well. But uh, today's a special day for Steve Forbes uh, as they open up Freedom Fest, and he's being honored. And one of the people who is is honoring Steve Forbes is the former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman. Oscar's wife is the current mayor, so I wonder how that happens. We'll ask him that. But Oscar's, Oscar's someone I've, I've seen his picture up almost every time I was flying in and out of Las Vegas. And at the same time, comedian George Wallace claimed to be the other mayor of Las Vegas. So I, I'd like to settle that, uh, that claim once and for all. First of all, Mr. Mayor, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Did we lose him? Oh, no. Please alert me. (laughs) Tactical difficulties after that wonderful (laughs) introduction. Is it all the phones or is it the hotline that we're having trouble? Maybe we can have him give us a call while I talk about Freedom Fest, while I vamp about Freedom Fest. Uh, Okay, well, Freedom Fest. Let me tell you what it's about. It's the world's largest gathering of free minds, as they call it. And it happens every July in Vegas for the last nine years. This is the 10th. It claims to be independent and nonpartisan, not affiliated with any organization or think tank. So that's kind of why I like it. I find it has a a libertarian base to it. It has a... uh, uh, an openness that I think is very important. I believe Glenn Beck spoke at Freedom Fest in, in, in recent years. But I was interested to attend Freedom Fest personally because of all the minds who are going to be there. There's 300 different speakers. A couple of thousand people will show up. Mr. Forbes is celebrating his 70th birthday this week, and he will be delivering the keynote address. Mr. Mayor, I hope you can hear us. I can hear you fine. Can you hear me now? You <laughs> well done. <laughs> the ultimate promoter. Well done, sir. I knew, I, I knew you would like that. Well, I heard your unbelievable introduction, and then the phone went blank. I, I, 
I, I hope we're not being punished for all the good things you said. But that's um, that's probably the case. Yeah, but I don't if, know. This, if, it's a privilege to be on your show, and uh, uh, I understand that you are in our fine town right now. That you're going to be attending the Freedom Fest, and I've been there several times. And I got to tell you, it's an extraordinary event. Um, uh, I, I know a lot of the locals who. Uh, go there, and they come from all different kinds of backgrounds, which amazes me uh, that uh, they would get in the same room with each other without having a, a sort of a May- Mayweather uh, uh, fistfight, but uh, uh, they they get along well. Uh, there's a great expression uh, of uh, uh, topics involving freedom and how fortunate we are to be living in this great country of, of ours, and it's a wonderful event. So I'm looking forward to being there tonight and to uh, be, be uh, instead of my and that's instead of my wife uh, who uh, uh, has a council meeting and uh, couldn't commit herself, but she prepared a beautiful proclamation uh, for Mr. Forbes, uh, declaring today to be Steve Forbes Day in the city of Las Vegas, and asked all of our citizens to recognize his tireless ongoing efforts to enhance the quality of life for all Americans by taking the positions that he does. And it's an exciting time for us. Mr. Mayor, that's that's fantastic. So as you celebrate Steve Forbes Day, and unfortunately, I can't join you till tomorrow. So I'm, oh, I'm going to miss oh. Steve Forbes Day in Las Vegas, and I'll, I'll be on the belated end of the wishes. When, when you're when you get a day named for you in a city like Las Vegas, what does that get you aside from the unlimited buffet? I, well, you don't even get that. I think uh, when you have a, a day named after you in Las Vegas and you have about $7 in your pocket, you get a Starbucks. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, I, uh, No, no, it, t- it, it's an honor. We, we don't hand these proclamations out willy-nilly and keys to the city willy-nilly. When, when we do it, it's a matter of great affection for the recipient. And, uh, uh, I've been uh, at the Freedom Fest. I've heard Mr. Forbes speak in the past. He's an excellent speaker. And this topic tonight, as the keynote address, is uh, what the president must do to create a really great economy. And I know that uh, the folks who are attending there are going to be listening very carefully to what he has to say, since, you know, he had placed himself in a position where he could have very well been a candidate for the presidency. And it'd be interesting to hear his ideas. He He's a bright guy and uh, is very committed to the American way of expression. And I, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I think it's going to be a great speech, as, as you're saying, because this is one very successful businessman sort of publicly counseling the president, another successful businessman, on what, what he needs to do going forward to make America great again. And, you know, you, you sir, as, as you admit, uh, if it's wrong in your bio, correct me, a, uh, a former Democrat, are you, do you count yourself as an independent at this point? Well, it's it's interesting. Uh, I came out to Las Vegas as a Republican from Philadelphia, way back in 1964, and uh, one of my uh, one of the fellows who worked in my law office was running for a state office, and the only uh, primary that meant anything in those days was the Democratic primary. So he asked my wife and myself to switch, and we switched to Democrat and stayed there for a long time. And then when I was elected the mayor. Uh, both my wife and myself became nonpartisan because it's a nonpartisan office here in Las Vegas. And we felt that uh, it's probably a better thing to do when people are uh, seeking your uh, your vote and uh, seeking your uh, advice is that you don't have to look at them as an R or a D. And that worked out very, very well. And 
uh, for uh, potential political reasons. I was asked by some folks who wanted me to run for another office whether uh, I would uh, uh, sign on as a Democrat. So I'm a Democrat. Uh, I would say I'm a, I'm a Democrat for as long as I want to be a Democrat. Uh, but I really have always voted for the person. Well, I think that's a good way to be. I'm a registered independent who leans more libertarian with a conservative side to it. So it's always about the person for me. I voted for D's and for R's and for people with eyes after their name. And I guess that's the purpose of Freedom Fest is to to be independent, to be nonpartisan and to bring ideas out and to strategize and celebrate liberty and and if people want to go, they go to FreedomFest.com. Will you be attending any of the other uh, speaking events uh, during this? Uh, I, won't, just... I won't be, unfortunately. That's one of the reasons that uh, I'm going to have to be leaving after I give the proclamation. We're taking off for California uh, very early tomorrow morning. So uh, I'm not going to be able to stay this year. But uh, I will be able to see it on, uh, uh, you know, the Internet. They, uh, they, uh, they play it uh, several times. And uh, I find it very interesting. And the, the nice part about it is, even though there are a lot of folks there who don't agree with one another, they they treat the speaker uh, with uh, great respect, uh, with great deference. They listen very, very carefully. And the speeches in the past have been so very, very clever. I remember one. I don't remember who it was, but he, he gave a speech as a, um, uh, a Roman uh, uh, consul uh, and uh, how America would uh, be looked at, how the United States would be looked at. Uh, uh, back in ancient Rome, and it was just fascinating. The, the audience it couldn't get enough of it, and it's that kind of originality uh, that you're going to find at the Freedom Fest. And Mark Skusen is a gentleman who puts it on, and he's become a good friend over the years. He's a, a great supporter of my wife and myself. And I had written a book called Being Oscar from Mob Lawyer to Mayor of Las Vegas, Only in America. And uh, when the book came out, which was about 19, I, I guess 2014, uh, he made such a fuss over it at the Freedom Fest that uh, I, I owe him a big favor because the sales went up uh, overnight, uh, and uh, he, he was very, very nice to me. But the, the people who are there, the friendliest people in the world, they're all there to learn. Uh, they're there to hear other people's opinions. It gets no better. It's really America at its very, very best, and it's here in Las Vegas. It's going to be at the Paris Hotel, and it's going to be jammed, as you say, with 2,000 attendees and uh, wall-to-wall. Uh, but uh, they're all there to uh, uh, to find out what other people have to say, and that's that's the American way. Well, I'll be among them, sir. I'll I'll behave myself even in your absence. And next time I'm in town, I hope to shake your hand in person. Not only that, but I hope to buy you a uh, Bombay Sapphire Martini and, and uh, start your. You are uh, you are a man after my own heart. Very dry, three olives. Thank you, Mayor Goodman. Okay. We'll we'll see okay. you next time around. Have a have a great trip to L.A. too, Oscar Thank Goodman, you. former mayor of Las Vegas, and uh, going to be at Freedom Fest tonight. I'll miss him, but I'll see uh, I'll see the rest of the event and report back. Dr. Jorge is up next with Wellness Wednesday. Stick around, won't you? You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. This being a Wednesday, that means uh, I, I look forward to this this day of the week, not only because it's the midday and midweek thing, but it's also our chance to get a, a checkup from the doctor. It's uh, the guy I hope they end up calling America's doctor one day because I, I think he I think he speaks to everyone, speaks clearly. His name is Dr. Jorge Rodriguez. He's a friend. He's also somebody I respect for his knowledge and how he delivers it even handedly and also understandably. Look him up at drjorge.com and his books are good, too. But Dr. Jorge has been putting his own cheese in the wind, as it were, as he's uh, on a quest to get a little healthier and doing it quite publicly welcome back my friend how how are you after the vacation well i'm still recuperating honestly um <laughs> no i caught a little bit of a cold out there you know sometimes you just your defenses go down i'm doing fine i mean i'm going i got getting back on the horse um i gained a couple of pounds on vacation and you know that that's another thing uh, you, you know my model about moderation and everything including moderation there comes a point where if you're going to be i think at a place where you're enjoying yourself and you know, you don't have to go crazy, but you also don't have to deprive yourself. So I am content with that. And then now it's back to a, a little bit healthier lifestyle. And like I tell people that are trying to lose weight, this is not a sprint. You know, this is a marathon. This is a lifelong, you know, ability to, to eat, you know, in, in, a, in a healthier, more uh, aware way. You know. Well, so, correct I'm me if okay. I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but when we last left you, you said, "Look, I'm on vacation. If I gained a pound or two, I'll consider that breaking even." Yeah, it, correct, correct. So um, you left. You, know, so you left. Listen, I was Las Vegas with the same amount of money as you walked in with. That's a win. You're a winner. Yes, boy. When was the last time that happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> I know. So, no, no, no. Sometimes I've won. That that's what keeps you going back. You know. Uh, That's true. Well, we can talk about that some other time, but the most positive addictive behavior is called intermittent positive reinforcement. It isn't hitting somebody with an electrical prod. What keeps you going after the cheese is that every once in a while you keep pressing that lever, you get cheese. So that's intermittent. Every once in a while you get positive reinforcement. The most powerful addictive behavior is that. I did not anyway, realize that's that. a little sidebar. Mm-hmm. So anyway, lots of health issues and health news going around, huh? Yeah, there is. I wanted to ask you questions about that. Well, there are two things. One, I think 50% of the audience will be interested in, maybe more, who knows. But um, it's a story I saw in the BBC, um, that the reporting that said uh, more than half of the people who, who get diabetes have ED the erectile dysfunction problem. So men that have diabetes have, or at least are, are threatened by it, have another inspiration to try and change their behavior, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, not just to keep plugging the book, but in my book, The Diabetes Solution, that's something that we talk about. The worst part of diabetes is the fact that the damage that is being done is silent. And it's a silent killer until the damage is so great that you start having symptoms. One of the biggest things that diabetes does, having high blood sugar, is that it causes the arteries in our, throughout our whole body to start clogging up at a much higher rate. People that have mm -hmm. diabetes, 
have twice the risk of having heart attacks. Uh, and no matter how much we mysticize it, all right, an erection is really just blood going to the genitals. So if the arteries, all right, that are going to the male parts, I don't even know if I can say that P word on radio, but anyway, if, if the arteries are clogged up, there's not a lot of blood flow there. So yeah, ED definitely is two to three times greater all right, in men who have diabetes. So... so- that so may cause any, some people to get checked. Yeah. Anybody else need any more inspiration to change their diet? <laughs> Anyone right. else? There are the, uh, yeah, there are, there are a few things that really get our attention, you know, as men. And I think that one of, one of them is that. So yep, yep, if that's so. what's going to get somebody to go to the doctor and have their blood sugar checked, then fantastic. You know, well, don't wait till you have the symptoms. Prevent it. Yeah, because it's oftentimes too late to uh, close the door after the horse is out of the barn, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it, yeah, it usually is. It usually is too late, you know. And, and, and the analogy that I, that I like to give, you know, it's you look at your lawn, and your lawn may be nice and green today, and the sprinklers may be sprinkling, but you don't know if the PVC pipes underneath are 80% clogged. And you're not going to know until one day that sprinkler doesn't sprinkle, right, the lawn dies, and by that time, it's too late. You know, the pipes are clogged. And so. the, sim- the simple solution to this, and Dr. Jorge talked about his book, The Diabetes Solution, which uh, I will tell you, it's, it's easy to look at it and read it. And then there are recipes that go along with it. So if you're worried about trying to be smarter and eat smarter, this book is simple. And it's, it's great information. But when we look at food, Dr. Jorge, this is another thing I was looking at. Somebody sent me an article about these foods that that not only put you in a bad mood, but they're they're not smart for you. Like diet sodas, if you're trying to lose weight, not a good idea, are they? No, not a good idea. And that's so counterintuitive because, you know, we're we're always taught, oh, you know, it's all about calories. And we now know that losing weight is not all about calories. Losing weight is all about eating the correct foods and eating the correct type of carbs, which is basically what we call sugar, is, is the best thing. Um, there's tons of studies out there that say that sugar is actually better for you if you're trying to lose weight than any diet soda. Because with diet soda, you, you don't get the fulfillment. Your brain does not get that fulfillment that comes with what your taste buds are sending up there. Uh, plus, it also is supposed to decrease the happy hormone that we have in our brain called serotonin you know so when i was reading this article that you you know because honestly i didn't know you know a lot of i I knew this but i didn't they put it into a context about you know putting you in a bad mood well the truth is that a lot of the a lot of the foods that they mention for example diet stuff we know you know stay away from artificial sweeteners uh if you're trying to lose weight um, there are other things that you can eat. It's all, I almost would rather, and we said that in the diabetes book too, I almost would rather you take a, a spoonful or two of sugar, you know, in your coffee, and then you get what your body needs than to use artificial sweeteners. But if you notice, a lot of the foods that they mentioned, like cereals, snack bars, uh, packaged sweets like donuts, um, french fries, all of these things are carbohydrates. They're starches, but they're, starches or carbohydrates and what they do is they cause your blood sugar to crash afterwards it produces too much insulin so when your blood sugar is low 
all right, you are cranky, you are edgy, you are hungry. So that's what they were talking about in this article about certain foods that actually make you feel, you know, less good. Um, and some of them, Mike, and, and feel free to interrupt me, you know, have, you know, that nemesis uh, that you and I, you know, talk about all, all the time, and that's the, you know, the trans fatty acids. The trans and, fats and, and the, the high fructose corn syrup are the two things yep. that scare me more than anything. And that yep. those are like diet kryptonite to me. They, and they are diet kryptonite to all of us. And unfortunately, it is in everything. And, it, and especially it's in fast food. I really wish, I really wish that there was a push. I mean, we're, we're now so, you know, as a society and people, we run around so much. That, that I think that, you know, we talk about family values all the time, that if families really concentrated on maybe eating at home more and cooking at home, it could solve a lot of issues besides dietary issues. You know, there could be a lot more social issues that could be improved. You know, so we've gotten away from that. And everybody's rushing, so we grab quick meals, and, and, and we don't really know what's in there. Um, so processed food is really something that needs to be, um, minimize or avoid it at all costs. Well, Dr. Jorge, part of the problem with the the, uh, the meal thing and the processed food thing and the fast food thing is in many ways it's cost in a lot of people's minds yeah. because they've made the fast food so cheap that it, oftentimes people are on a budget and so many of us are that it's kind of hard. But I, I have tried to make a conscious effort. I don't put sugar in anything. I will drink sugar drinks. Yes, there's still some there's still some vitamin water in my life, but I don't put sugar in anything anymore. But I, I find I can eat better even if I have to go to the grocery store three times a week just to get two days worth of meals that I can make fresh. And I think ultimately, six months into this little experiment, I'm feeling better. I, I, I don't think I've been to a fast food place twice in the past six months. And it's an yeah, effort, that, that, but it works. Yeah, and it does work. And my point, you already made it. Uh, we waste so much money um, in buying food for, like, the whole week. You know, a lot of the food spoils. It doesn't get used. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're doing the right thing, which is, is going to the grocery store every couple of days you know, getting fresh food, maybe sometimes, you know, cooking for leftovers. You know, what the hell has happened to leftovers? Leftovers are great. And if you make them home, you know, you take them to work for lunch. Um, it's it, That saves money. But you are right. Inexpensive food is usually really bad for you. And, it, yeah, and if there's you look a, there's at There's a it, cost that we don't see, and it's long-term health issues. And th correct. that's, and it, that's and a it, big deal for yeah. us. Yeah, and if well, I were in charge of the government, <laughs> I would really make a concerted effort to change that because at the end of the day, we all end up paying for the health problems that are created by this. Absolutely. All right? at least, yeah, at least 50% of all health, health dollars are spent you know, in the last 25% of life when, when everything shows up. But that's another show, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But we'll get to it. You know, I think so right. one by one, we we try and bring just awareness. We talk about we talk about being smarter with our daily food choices. We talk about being smarter with the, the ingredients that are in there. And we talk about understanding that it's it's a lifelong choice. It's not a, 
a short term, one month, two month, get into beach body. But no, you got to do it. You got to do it for winter, too. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm and Dr. Glad we Jorge, are, I'm glad we are talking about these things. Mm-hmm. Now, where do we find you tonight? Are you doing another show tonight on the Internet? Yeah, t- tonight I'm on Collide.com, C-O-L-L-I-D-E.com. Um, and it's at 8.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific. First thing I want to do is get on the scale and let's see the actual weight that I gained on vacation. I'm going to talk about, you know, what's what came up for me, you know, with, with all these temptations. It's hard to pass up a lobster roll, and why should you? <laughs> um, you know, every time. Um, and, and let's talk, I'm going to talk today about hidden, hidden carbohydrates, and I'm going to even talk about um, the seven foods that make you feel cranky. So sometimes I just parlay what we talk about. So it's on collide.com, live, 8.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific, every Wednesday. Terrific. Thank you, my friend, Dr. Jorge, and drjorge.com if you want to know more, and collide.com tonight. Thank you. We'll talk again next week. All right. Have a great day. You got it. There he goes, and here we go. We'll be right back after a break. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It's uh, it's a, a Wednesday here, middle of the week. I'm feeling good. We're about to get into a heat wave here in the Northeast. And uh, not to give you a weather report, but Tropical Storm Don that everybody was making jokes about over the weekend, gone. Pretty much gone out to sea. But there's another tropical storm. I'll tell you about it a little later in the show. Right now, I have to remind you, if you have not jumped on the Relief Factor bus, if you have pain from inflammation in your knees, in your back, in your neck, in your hips, what are you waiting for? I tried Relief Factor first week of April. I started taking it April 15th. I stopped taking anything anything to relieve relieve the pain so i am i am taking only relief factor it's all natural it is an anti-inflammatory that works with your body to eliminate that inflammation and irritation and hence the pain if you want to know more find out what people like me have found out find out what the veterans who've been able to go back to work after finally getting off prescription meds find out about other hard-working americans who've become more active again in their in their family life, in their community, at their jobs, go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call them and ask questions, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. The Quick Start Pack, the three-week Quick Start Pack is only nineteen ninety-five. It started working for me on day eight. It's Relief Factor. Check it out. Just around the corner, we'll, we'll check in on Chris Christie. Chris Christie getting booed for something. Uh, there's also another supporter of the of the president, an unlikely supporter, is getting some side eye from Hollywood. Plus, flying meat. Flying meat. We've solved the mystery of flying meat. And we'll get to that. Plus, your calls if you want to join the conversation. You're welcome to. 888 900 
This is Piero Pelk on the Blaze Radio Network. Why don't, why don't you come on back after the break and, and we'll uh, hang out together. Yeah, that's it. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Puro Pelka, second hour of the show. Glad you're here. Very glad you're here. There is a lot to talk about. I, I did not even get to it yesterday. But that uh, that woman who is uh, pro-Sharia law, who we allow to be in this country, I think she went to Columbia, Linda Sar- Sarsour, whatever her name is, the the woman who was one of the organizers of... The Women's March, the Kitty Cat Hat March, remember that? Yeah, she was celebrating two days ago the birthday of Asada Shakur, a cop killer. And the internet responded brilliantly, I thought. I'm I'm happy to see that, that every, I, I, of course, retweeted it, but I didn't get to it on the show. But I'm I'm very happy to see that so many of you also caught up with this this weasel and said uh you know you got to cut this out you got to stop glamorizing cop killers she's hiding in plain sight in cuba and why now that we have quote normalized close quote relations with cuba why why doesn't the president send somebody down there to snatch her up and bring her back and put her butt in prison so she can serve out the rest of her sentence for being involved in the killing of a New Jersey state trooper years ago. Why that doesn't happen, I don't know. I, I absolutely don't know. I wish I wish I could tell you. So, uh, Asata Shakur, you're, you're the worst, and you are a cop killer, and I hope you would set foot back on the ground. There are so many members of Black Lives Matter and some of the Snowflake community who use this woman as a... Um, as an example of an inspiration of, of a real revolutionary. She was involved in the killing of a cop. And when you're an accomplice, you are as guilty as everyone who pulled the trigger or anyone who pulled the trigger. She escaped and got to Cuba where she has been uh, living as a, as a hero for years. And for this, this jihadist who's here in America taking advantage to celebrate her birthday and make her a hero is just disgusting. It's it's absolutely insane. So uh, I, I'll I wish I I wish this were satellite radio so I could say things that I can't say without getting fined or fired. So fired. If you missed uh, uh, Dr. Jorge at the bottom of uh, last hour, Dr. Jorge always stops by on Wellness Wednesdays. I want to remind you to download the show 
after each show so you can you can you can go over the items you missed or catch up on things for example we talked about foods that ruin your mood and they're food foods that are not good for you and this relates to there are a bunch of different people who've written books on on uh, foods you can eat that'll actually make you happy and there are foods you can eat that will not so we were talking to dr jorge about that and about his diet and the fact that uh, diabetes is a really bad thing for men who want to remain sexually active. So you should avoid the diabetes. So, you know, it's uh, just a, a, a bad idea. A uh, couple of things I want to alert you to. We, we are seeing, or at least I am seeing, I watch trends in language. Uh, the, the trends in language that I see from the Democrats of late, what's happening now, and you'll have to watch for this, the Democrats are actually starting to talk more and more about principles and values, even mentioning the founding fathers. I'm not kidding. There is a promo for MSNBC that's out there right now, and they, are, they have the principles and values and the discussion of the Constitution and the Founding Fathers. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm sure what they've done, someone has focus grouped principles and values, and someone has focus grouped some of the successes of, of the uh, Tea Party in the early days in the 912 Project, and now MSNBC which used to call itself the Progressive Network. Remember, they used to talk about lean forward. Now it's all about the Constitution. Now it's all about the Founding Fathers. We have to make sure we don't let them get away with stuff like this. We have to make sure that we throw the flag and go, Bravo Sierra, cut it out. I'll try and find the promo and play it for you. It, I just... I just happened to catch it early this morning as I was trying to recover uh, last night's audio and try and see what Chris, because I keep an eye on Chris Matthews to see what he's up to so they don't get away with anything. And now the next thing they're doing, I mentioned Joy Reid, Joy Ann Reid from MSNBC yesterday. She's got a weekend show and then they pull her in on panels on many different uh, programs. But Joy Reid was talking about how the Republicans are the violent party. The Republicans are the, the party that is filled with hate. And let's remember who pulled the trigger on the 30 members of Congress who were at a baseball practice about six weeks ago. And still keep Steve Scalise in your prayers, if you would. He's still not out of the woods yet. So um, just, just a couple of things to keep your eyes on couple of things to keep your eyes on that smears of the GOP and how how the the progressive journalists are now going to try and grab uh, what they consider to be the the new hot language for example it's founding fathers and it is principles and values and that's what this is all about they're changing the language and I think this is really interesting I think this is one of those things that uh, it goes back to when uh, Hillary Clinton in the in the early um, early part of the 21st century decided that she was not going to be a Democrat. 
or a liberal, but she was going to be a progressive because both of those words, Democrat and liberal, took on a new meaning. So she brought back the word progressive. They apparently focus grouped it. And to show you how Democrats change, and I know he's a Democratic Socialist, but Bernie Sanders made an appearance on The View. And this was today. Bernie Sanders made an appearance on The View and, uh, and was being questioned about his stance on, on Obamacare being repealed and what the GOP bill would have done. And see if you can spot, um, well, let's just say spot the lie. Okay, I want to talk about the rhetoric then, Senator, because if you're going to sit down with people on both sides of the aisle, some Democrats have branded Republicans the party of death, for example, calling the tax cuts in the Senate health care bill blood money. Uh, you yourself have said Republicans are potentially killing Americans. Is that rhetoric irresponsible? And does it provide an impasse to compromise? If you're going to sit down very people that you've now said want to kill people. Speak, no, I never said that's not you're using rhetoric that I didn't use. Oh, am okay? I? These what are I quotes. Said, oh, no, Party no, no, of no. death is Let a me, quote. This is what I said. What I said, and it's not me. This is a dozen or more studies that show that if you throw 22 million people off the insurance they have, these are people who have cancer. These are people who have heart disease, diabetes, other life-threatening illnesses. What study after study shows is that thousands of those people will die. That's what Harvard says. That's what study after study shows. It's not me. I'm just telling you but what major studies are showing. In fairness, if you have Republicans that are proposing alternatives, Republicans who also come from a good place and believe the free market is the solution to those things, who don't want people to die, who don't want people to suffer, if you don't acknowledge that those people exist as well on both sides of the aisle, how Look, can you get to the table and compromise? I have said publicly, nobody here in the Congress wants anybody to die. I understand that. Okay. But that is the result of throwing 22 million people off of health insurance. Right. So let us sit down, Republican, Democrat, Independent, and figure out how we go forward, how we improve the Affordable Care Act. I am absolutely open to doing that. So Bernie Sanders and Jedediah Bila said this. That was Jedediah Bila questioning Bernie Sanders, said these are quotes. And he was he was not in the same room as she was. You can't actually have that debate if he's not in the same room. But those were quotes. Bernie Sanders called it killing and he was using the determination of other people. But those words came out of his mouth. He has said on occasion that there are going to be people dying. I think he said 27,000 people a year, something like that, dying, which puts it up around uh, car wrecks. But this also, this, this number that is being bandied about by, by the socialist, progressive Democrats, this number comes from part of the, part of the people losing health care, or as they call it, being thrown off health care, are people who choose not to buy it. People who choose because the, the mandate would be um, no longer there. There would be no mandate. You're not required to buy health insurance. There are a lot of young people who envision themselves as healthy who would then rather pay the $600 a year, $650 a year penalty to the IRS than to buy mandatory health insurance. They've done the math. It's cheaper to pay a $650 fine 
than it is to pay $600 a month for insurance you can't use because the deductibles are too high. So if those people get sick and die or get in an accident and are, are killed and don't have insurance to cover them, etc., yeah, that's part of it. And guess what? Everybody dies, too. Where, where is the reality there? We have to be honest with this. But the left is not going to be honest. So the answer is not to get into the dishonesty pool with them. It's to try and bring honesty to the table. When we get back, I'm, I'm going to step aside here. When we get back, uh, you heard about the flying frozen meat in Florida? Of course it happened in Florida. That's where all the weird stuff happens. Florida. I want to cover the flying frozen meat story because the people whose home was hit by the flying frozen meat, well, they're speaking and they have a very interesting take on things. I'll share it with you next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, where mysteries are being solved at at, uh, breakneck pace here. Yes, breakneck pace. (laughs) We told you in the first hour the mystery of the second Trump meeting. I still believe the second Trump meeting with Putin was Donald Trump getting jealous that Vladimir was having too good of a time with Melania at the dinner. See, they don't went fancy schmancy dinners. You don't sit next to your other half. They break you up for the purpose of of making sure people have conversations. So if it's a small dinner party, the protocol is not to seat you next to your wife or your husband, but to put you across the table or next to somebody else between people you don't know. And in this case, at different tables, they split you up like that. And Melania Trump was sitting next to uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, international playboy and man of mystery, Mac Daddy from Soviet Central, former KGB chief, has many secrets. So uh, I, I can just picture Donald Trump looking over and going, uh, Putin's kind of eyeing my wife. I better go over there and say, and they're laughing. Look at that. They're laughing. And you know Putin was doing it to mess with Trump. You know that that's what the Soviet genius, the old KGB head, now president of Russia, was jerking President Trump's chain, making him jealous, lighting up green-eyed monster. So Trump gets up from his chair and has to go over there. I'm just, I have no video of this. I just see it in my head because you know these two personalities. One is, one is the uh, alpha male from America. The other is the alpha male from Russia. And there's one female in their, in their line of sight. If you've watched enough of a National Geographic channel, you've seen this before. It, it just, it makes sense. And that's the whole thing I'm believing. Now, it was stupid for Donald Trump not to have a translator there. 
it was it was stupid for him not to not to have somebody there to make sure that uh, what he was saying was understood. So that that's going to be a problem. This is going to be around, but I'm guarantee. You, I don't I don't think anything else happened on this. I I think this was just all about all about uh, jealousy. Now the other mystery that we're going to solve today is the mystery of the flying frozen sausage. Because if you haven't seen it, if if you didn't see the story, some people were awakened in the middle of the night by a, they thought initially was was thunder, but no, it wasn't thunder. It was flying frozen sausage. <laughs> mystery meat. The mystery meat mystery. This happened at Deerfield Beach. It's a, a Miami bedroom community. And 15 pounds of flying sausage landed on the roof of uh, the Adair home. Travis Adair said his family woke up, heard the thud. They went outside. They discovered several wrapped packages of frozen sausage. And they're like, wait a minute. Because, you know, usually when, when you hear something falling from the sky, it's usually that dreaded blue water that comes out of airplanes. And we all know what it is. But the family opened it up when they found it. They thought, well, maybe somebody was doing a drug deal and was dropping a drone or something, dropped some drugs and whatever. But they found this frozen package of meat. No drugs. There was a labeling on the package from an Alabama company called William Land Service. And they're a land clear clearing company. You know, people come in and they take all the brush out. So why was their label on a 15-pound package of frozen sausage that landed on the roof of this home? Nobody really knows. It's getting a lot of attention in the media, of course. And the, the Adairs are, are relishing their time in, in the spotlight and actually talking to uh, reporters, both locally and nationally. And this was the husband and wife trying to explain what the heck it was. I thought possibly it was it had fallen from a plane. I thought possibly it was something to do with the drug deal or something. Possibly. See, I would think the same thing, right? Wouldn't you? If something that big hits your house and it's loud enough of a thud to wake you, you're thinking that probably fell out of a plane. But I wonder what kind of a plane. And if it was coming from enough height and 15 pounds of frozen anything... That, that would probably come through the roof, I would imagine. But uh, it didn't go through the roof. It bounced off, which makes me think it might have been some sort of drone transportation being tested. But the husband, Mr. Adair, he's got, he's got a slightly different take on things. Where did the uh, mystery meat, frozen mystery meat come from? Possibly uh, North Koreans with a sausage missile or something. I didn't even think about that. I did not even think about that. Is this really, could this really have happened? Drug deal or something? Possibly uh, North Koreans with a sausage missile or something. The sausage missile. And you know, Kim Jong-un is just nutty enough to create a sausage missile. I, I don't know if I can officially proclaim this mystery as being solved. But I'm just saying that's... Uh, that's a pretty frightening concept, the North Korean sausage missile. If you were around yesterday and you saw what we did with, with the uh, story out of the Navy showing, showing the, uh, 
the laser, the first laser weapon. I wonder if we could cook the sausage missiles and have them drop delicious, hot, fresh sausage, and people below would catch it in an open bun. Just an idea. I'm dreaming, I know that. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is uh, the middle of the show here on this uh, beautiful debunking mysteries, solving mysteries day. And we'll continue to do that. Uh, if you were not here earlier, you missed my discussion with uh, former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman. His wife is the mayor now. That's got to be got to be kind of bizarre. You know, if your wife is the mayor. After you've been the mayor, especially if she's doing better than you are, that I wonder if there's any jealousy there. They are uh, Las Vegas is hosting Freedom Fest, which is a um, an, an event that has happened for ten years now. And the the interesting part of Freedom Fest to me is is how they bill it, because it is billed as as a group of of different thinking people that, that don't have a partisan bent to things. It, it's, a, it's a group that, that wants to be about, about thinking and liberty and freedom and not about Republican or Democrat. And so uh, the, the Freedom Fest uses uh, in, their, in their statement about their, their mission statement about this this year's adventure, this year's four days, why we must explore new frontiers in liberty in our world now. Now, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? Why we must explore new frontiers in liberty in our world now. And they quoted from JFK, from JFK's speech when he accepted the nomination in 1960 at the Democratic National Convention. And since most of us weren't politically aware at that time in our lives, I pulled up the line that they used, the, the paragraph that they quoted JFK, and I think it's worth hearing. We stand today on the edge of a new frontier, the frontier of the 1960s, the frontier of unknown opportunities and perils, the frontier of unfilled hopes and unfilled threats. Woodrow Wilson's new freedom promised our nation a new political and economic framework. Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal promised security and succor to those in need. But the new frontier of which I speak is not a set of promises. It is a set of challenges. It sums up not what I intend to offer to the American people, but what I intend to ask of them. It appeals to their pride. 
It appeals to our pride, not our security. It holds out the promise of more sacrifice instead of more security. The new frontier is here, whether we seek it or not. Interesting, right? When, do you think a Democrat would, would talk about telling Americans to make a sacrifice today? I don't think so. Kennedy, Kennedy would be thrown out of his party. Interesting, they, they would choose that specific part of his nomination speech to, uh, to signal the, the mission of the Freedom Fest this weekend. I'll, I'll be there Thursday through Saturday, the end of the day Saturday. So if you're around, if you're in Las Vegas, find me. Um, I'm hoping to spend some time with Mike Lee, and Steve Forbes, and of course, Liberland President Wit Yedlichka will be there, and Matt Kibbe, and maybe we'll get all of them on the show tomorrow as we try and preview what's going on. And we look at the new frontiers in liberty in our world. I just, I just am always stunned when I hear just how different JFK sounds from the Democrats of today. He sounds more like a Republican candidate than anything else. Mark from Maryland is checking in on the program today. Mark, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, sir? Oh, hanging in there, Mike. I just want to tell you how to make the perfect martini. You okay, take well, it's not. Of- it's, hold on a second. I've got to check the clock. It's not exactly happy hour yet, Mark, but we did with uh, Oscar Goodman mentioning the Bombay Sapphire Martini earlier in the show. I, I have to I have to tell you, it piqued my interest, but go ahead, fire away, sir. Okay, well, you keep the Bombay Sapphire bottle in the fridge to chill. Okay. You take it out, you pour three shots into a nice big, I'm talking big, martini glass. Drop in your three olives and and sip it while staring at a portrait of Lorenzo Schwartz. Yeah, you, you lost me on the last part. Lorenzo Schwartz, the maker of vermouth. Don't put it in the martini. Just look at his picture. Okay, I did, that's a good point. I didn't know that, that Lorenzo Schwartz was the, the uh, inventor or creator of the vermouth. Uh, we just have a habit of getting the vermouth within the same zip code, and then everything's okay. That's that's the only oh. that's the only attachment I want to have with it. Okay, that'll work. Well, thank you. you I appreciate good- I appreciate your uh, sharing your recipe with us. Now that we've talked with uh, Dr. Jorge about eating healthy, now we have a perfect martini to go along with our healthy eating segment on the show. Thank you, Mark. I hope you have a great day. Oh, it's a crazy life. Thank you, sir. Uh, I mentioned Chris Christie before, and Chris Christie was in the news. And I I have to tell you, Chris Christie getting booed at at the Mets game the other night, kind of amazing. The St. Louis Cardinals were playing the Mets at home, and Christie showed up, and he was in the stands. And it's rare that a, a person who makes a... A good play can can get totally booed by the entire stadium, and yet that happened with Chris Christie. It was uh, it was when <laughs> when a foul ball came his direction. This is what ensued. Three two, he's popped up. 
Rivera giving a, a look at it. And a souvenir for Chris Christie. Are you kidding me? How about that? You just noticed him. You're, boy, are you hot, I'll tell you. You just noticed him between innings. And what do you know? He gets a ball. Left-handed catch. Get That's out of here. Nice to see him get from the beach here to the ballpark. <laughs> a little bit of a shout to Chris Christie. But what they didn't show in that clip, and it's, it's all over the Internet, it's been bouncing around, uh, the uh, soon-to-be former governor of the state of New Jersey took the ball, got up out of his seat, took the ball, and handed it to a small child a few rows back, and I think he ended up signing the ball for the kid. But it was a nice moment in the third inning of the Mets game. But you heard the entire audience, it seemed, was booing Chris Christie. It was not a sold-out game. He was down by the, down by the uh, first base dugouts. So Chris Christie can't get a break, but he has shown up back in the news again. Chris Christie being asked about the Donald Trump Jr. situation. And I found this to be kind of interesting. Chris Christie weighing in on the connection between Donald Trump Jr. and the Russians, the meeting that they're now talking about from June of 2016, just over a year ago. If this was anything that he knew about, he's not the holding back type. Um, we would have talked about it. So he's saying that if Donald Trump had known about the meeting, that Donald Trump would have definitely mentioned it to him. And that, that's a question I would like to know, and I don't think we're going to know whether Donald Trump had advanced knowledge of this meeting, at least in terms of what it specifically was meant to do. Was it, can you imagine if the president knew the Russians wanted to hand over information that's damaging to Hillary Clinton? Yeah, I bet at that time in the campaign, Chris Christie would have been brought in on the conversation. Christie continued to... Uh, discuss the Russian meeting and the content, etc. The answer is no, I wasn't invited, nor would it be the kind of meeting typically I was brought into. No, so I don't think Don Jr. was close to Chris Christie. I think the president was closer. And so uh, they continued, the media kept pressing Christie on whether or not, whether or not he would have uh, known the other players and did they have access to the information with these were these experienced political veterans? I don't think this is a guy who's necessarily sophisticated in the language of government like you and I would be. And the recipient of the information, Donald Trump Jr., who I know very well, is by no means a sophisticated political actor. Kind of giving cover to Donald Trump Jr., but, but was, it, was it an illegal act? Is there anything to worry about there? The only way that's evidence of public collusion is if Goldstone actually knew what he was talking about was correct. And I don't think we know that. We don't know that. And I think we're going to hear some, some news next week with, with testifying in front of the, the Senate committee. And now the woman, Veselnetskaya, has, has said she is willing to come back and testify in front of the Senate. And the, the whole, this whole discussion of this woman coming in to testify in front of the Senate, it bothers me, especially after we went through the story that we told you uh, last week, or, or was it on Monday, of, of this woman and how she flew back from Russia to America and was put up at the Plaza Hotel 
to the cost of $50,000 for her to be entertained in a $1,000 a night suite at the Plaza Hotel. And, and we, as taxpayers, foot the bill for this. I think she just wants another expensive uh, vacation, this time in Washington, D.C., on our dime. I'm wondering. I'm wondering what we spend flying those people in as witnesses. We'll try and look into that, see if anybody knows. Stepping aside for a minute, when we get back, uh, the Jenner formerly known as Bruce was on with Jimmy Kimmel and was grilled about Donald Trump and how Donald Trump's doing. It's a very interesting interview. I'll play you some highlights from it, and we'll see if, uh, see if you heard the same things I heard, concerned about the same things I'm concerned about. That's next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Another another great bit of news we have for this audience is because because you are wise people, you can get things like great life insurance at a at a terrific rate, and it's our our sponsor, HealthIQ.com. And if you go to HealthIQ.com, if you're looking for some life insurance, which I am, you go to HealthIQ.com slash blaze and you can get a quote. Now, what makes them different? Well, they work with all the big carriers, but they, they wanted to prove to the insurance companies that people who live smarter are more health conscious, really try and be um, better citizens and have a better healthcare footprint they they deserve a better rate. And after years of telling this to the major insurance companies and bringing the data to their minds and, and write to these companies and say, look at all this. These people deserve a better rate, not just about how old are you and what your gender is. And sure enough, the insurance companies went, yeah, you're right. So Health IQ is, is ready to offer you a great rate. All you have to do is go to healthiq.com slash blaze, take the test, go through the, the brief phone call, and based on, on your life, like you, you run a faster mile than normal, you're very active, you're out walking every day, you're, you're mindful of, of your intake and your diet, your health IQ can determine your insurance rate. So go to healthiq.com slash blaze, healthiq.com slash blaze, and see what you can get. The, the quote I got is just fantastic. So uh, if, you're, if you're smart about the way you live and you need insurance and you want to take care of your family, which I think most of you do, you want to make sure your family's covered, healthiq.com slash the blaze, healthiq.com slash blaze. Both of them work. All right. I have this, uh, I have this piece of audio from... Um, Caitlyn Jenner on with Jimmy Kimmel, but I don't have enough time to get through all of it, so I'm going to hold it over to the top of the hour. I did just get a story, though, 
that uh, a, a bit of breaking news from the FBI issuing a warning. Uh, the FBI issuing a warning about privacy risks from Internet-connected toys. So we're not just talking about Alexa. Hello, Alexa, turn on the TV. I just did that in case any of you have me up on the speakers on your computer and you have Alexa. But smart toys can contain sensors, microphones, camera, data storage, and they even have GPS or speech recognition technology. And all of that could disclose your personal information. So toys with microphones can collect conversations, potentially share information like your child's name, the school, and their activities. Examine the user agreement. That's what the FBI is saying. Even if it's going to a third-party service, you need to make sure your kids are safe. Plus, you don't want the toys telling on you. They're tattletales. All of them. Sneaky. We'll be back. I will be back with Jenner and what the former Bruce says about Donald Trump. Next. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, 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 the uh, the lunch apparently is broken up. The president and the GOP senators who met for lunch today to discuss what's next. Apparently, the president told the members of the GOP Senate group. No vacation without a health care plan. No soup for you. We'll see. We will see. I, somehow I think a bunch of those senators are going to say, uh, yeah, I'll vote for it. Just let me know when I need to come back. He apparently called out Senator Heller, one of the holdouts, one of the problems. But um, we'll, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on things. But Despite the fact that it's not happening, despite the fact that I don't think it's it's going to come together, and I'm just dubious, as you know, it seems like some of the faithful who voted for Donald Trump aren't, aren't losing faith. For example, last night on Jimmy Kimmel's show, Caitlyn Jenner, the Jenner formerly known as Bruce, was on the show. And it seemed like Jimmy Kimmel was looking for looking for some separation from Donald Trump and uh, and Jenner, because Jenner was a Republican forever and ever and ever, and has been quite open about supporting the president. And so when it came time to have a little discussion about that, basically asking, do you still support Donald Trump? Uh, I don't agree with everything he's doing, uh, but I, I have uh, always been, I'm older, I've been, you know, I, I grew up in a country where you actually said the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag at school. And I have a... I kind of liked hearing that audience actually support that. I, I was surprised, but then again, a lot of Kimmel's audience are tourists who happen to be in Los Angeles from the flyover states. 
who happen to have come west to be on whatever vacation they're on. Maybe they're at Disney and then stopped by and got tickets to his show. But uh, Jenner continues. I believe in limited government. I believe in the people of this nation, not government. And so, uh, and that kind of makes me on the Republican side. And so uh, he was our candidate. Uh, I, I never really outwardly came out and supported him. Uh, I supported the, whoever the Republican candidate was going to be. Not unlike a lot of us, right? Caitlyn Jenner, the Jenner formerly known as Bruce, sounding like a lot of Donald Trump voters. Let's go back to the very beginning of that when Jimmy Kimmel asked Jenner, do you still support him? Uh, I don't agree with everything he's doing, uh, but I, I have uh, always been, I'm older, I've been, you know, I, I grew up in a country where you actually said the Pledge of Allegiance. So seems to be saying that this was the choice if you liked a candidate who supported basic American values and the things like saying the Pledge of Allegiance who supported America, who weren't ashamed of America, that's not in any of the words that Jenner said, but back to the, the conversation where before I stopped it. Um, but, you know, the press kind of puts you there. Um, and there, there are some things that I think he's done is very good. Um, uh, what? You know, this. <laughs> I, I... Interesting point. And now the audience will jump on Jimmy Kimmel's side when you say there are some things he's done that I liked. At least Kimmel said, like what? Because I do think. I wish every interviewer would do that. We wouldn't just take into uh, the, the answer from people and let it go. Let's, let's find out what they're talking about. What is it about Trump that you like? <laughs> if you're on the conservative side and you believe in our Constitution, I'm glad uh, Neil Gorsuch for the, uh, okay, all right. uh, for the Supreme Court. Gotcha. I think it's a very good decision. He's lowered regulations um, and a lot of different... Uh, uh, businesses uh, to help business, you know, get going. I don't want massive regulations. I don't want massive taxes, especially, you know, we're the highest taxed country. Or, Not true. Highest taxed, highest taxed corporate tax in, in like in the world. It's I'll have to. So Kimmel jumping in to say, Not true. Not true. And you know, what surprises me. Jimmy Kimmel makes a ton of money. He makes a boatload of money. And he lives in a state that's also taxing him more to the point where he probably pays more than 50 percent of his income into taxes. But yet he's ignorant of the corporate tax rate, which is, if not the highest, among the highest. So Kimmel was waiting to jump on the taxation part of that. I shouldn't interrupt. Let's let's let. The Jenner, formerly known as Bruce, continue. Look it up, but I don't know. I don't want to argue with you. And uh, corporate tax in the world, and and massive regulations. So it's tough for anybody to do business here in the United States. And I would like to see the United States the best place in the world to do business. Are you excited about the Olympics coming to Los Angeles? Is that something? Yes, I would. I, I, I think it's great. Now, do you notice what happened there? Jimmy Kimmel apparently feeling out of his element. When, when challenged on the corporate tax rate, Kimmel backed down, and then Jenner went back to the regulations, etc. And so Kimmel changes the subject and goes to, well, are you excited about the Olympics coming here? How about that? Isn't that wonderful? I thought that was pretty darned interesting. 
pretty, pretty darned interesting. So, uh, yeah, you can you can hear a change here. It comes up on the taxation. Not true. Highest taxed, highest taxed corporate tax in, in like in the world. It's, I'll have to look it up, but I don't know. I don't want to argue with you. And uh, corporate tax in the world and, and massive regulations. So it's tough for anybody to do business here in the United States. And I would like to see the United States the best place in the world to do business. Are so, you excited about the Olympics coming to Los Angeles? Is that something? Yes, that I, would, will, I, yeah. I think it's great. Very interesting interview. Caitlyn Jenner, like many other Trump voters, supported the party's nominee, doesn't agree with everything, but wants to, wants to make sure that the party keeps moving forward. I, I wish there would have been a question on health care and see where, where we go there. I thought that was a very interesting twist. And we'll see. I'm sure we'll see more. I got a couple other stories I have to get to today. Uh, we we solved the mystery of the flying meat, the flying frozen meat in Florida. We solved the mystery of Donald Trump's meeting, the second meeting. There, there, there's not another mystery, but there are a couple of stories that that I want to make sure we get out today and we talk about today. Uh, we talked about your toys are spying on you. Yeah, yeah, I have to. I have to get to Lindsey Graham. I, I got a phone call last week from somebody who referred to Lindsey as, um, I think he called him Amnesty Graham. And I think, come on, let's, let's, let's give Lindsey Graham the respect, first of all. But Lindsey Graham, another person who was attacked brutally by the president during, during the campaign, has still been a pretty strong supporter of President Trump's throughout. But Graham wants, Graham wants a um, a health care bill that that we deserve. We as citizens deserve a better bill than than what we got. And he started to come forward on the topic. He started to share his opinion on the topic. And my alternative to me makes sense to me if nobody else take all the money and power that you're going to spend in health care and send it back closer to the patient. See, he's another senator who realizes, and I believe this is exactly what the president is saying, too. We need to let the states make the choices here. We need to let the states be the ones who get it done. And Graham didn't see that in, in the bills that he's seen before. Obamacare is collapsing. The reason we're having all this up, Eagles, is just not working. One in three counties really have one provider or less. Yeah, so... What's the answer? Well, the answer is a bill that solves the problem, that lowers patients' premiums, still provides coverage. But Graham was pretty blunt about what he would like to see ultimately in a bill. I'd like to see a bill that people actually liked. Nobody, in Lindsey Graham's estimation, nobody liked the bill. And so that's why we are where we are. Now, getting back to whether or not we'll repeal... We're now hearing that out of this meeting as well, the, the luncheon meeting with the president, we're now hearing that next week there will be a vote to repeal. There is going to be a vote to repeal. Will it be successful? Is there even a snowball's chance in hell? Well, I think Paul, uh, Rand Paul has been talking pretty openly and pretty directly about the failures of the, the current situation and what people who don't support it need to do. All of us promised we would repeal Obamacare, and the discussion is whether or not to move forward to a vote on that. 
I'm in favor of the motion to proceed to repealing Obamacare. I'm in favor of it, too. But there are some people who are still dug in, apparently. And, and Rand Paul gave a really stern and clear message to those people. At least I think it was pretty damn clear. So Obamacare has failed. The death spiral of Obamacare continues. Even with partial repeal, Obamacare will still be in place, and Obamacare will still be a drag on the insurance the markets and making it difficult for people to buy insurance. And Rand Paul talked about if you, if you voted for repeal in 2015 and you're a no now, then you need to go back to your state and tell people why. And I, I think it's important that people actually have that conversation. Because if it's anything other than political expedience, you should resign. You should be out of a job. You have, because you have no spine. And you're, you're, trust me, you're going to see a bunch of people get primaried. If, this, if nothing happens going forward, you're going to see people getting primaried. Stepping aside for a minute, when we get back, uh, do we talk about the dad, the dad who um, has 11 different baby mamas and he's got 30 children and he wants a judge to give him a break from child support? Do we get, do we get into that? Do we get into OJ's parole tomorrow? Or do you want to hear about uh, language being banned? I'll spin the wheel of stories when we get back and we'll see which one makes the most sense and which one will make me the maddest. And we'll deal with that next. I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You still have time to join the conversation. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. We have a lot to get to today. We are trying to see if there is going to be a, a statement out of the White House following the uh, the discussion with the president. There, There's been some hinting that we might get a little bit of a, a notice. Maybe the president will step up and and let us know uh, in detail because he did say he wanted people to um, to uh, not take a vacation, which I think kind of interesting. When was the last time the president told the 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 House or the Senate told the Congress, "Hey, don't go away if you don't get it done." You know, that's um, that, that'd be kind of an interesting thing, right? I would like to see if that would happen. There's there's news out of um, there's news out of England that um, that they're going to stop the use of the phrase "beach body" in advertising. Now, why? Why do we want to stop the use of of the phrase "beach body"? And is is it really because? Uh, is it really hurting people if we advertise Beachbody? That, that's the issue here. So now we're going to put uh, limits on speech in advertising. I, I've, I've walked around different parts of England, 
And I've, I've seen the words beach body or other, other weird things in news. But if you're going to say no more, no more. And guess where this comes from, London? Guess where this is happening? This comes from the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, saying uh, no more body shaming ads on public transportation. The London mayor says uh, negative body image. Negative body image is a problem. It's unhealthy and unrealistic. Uh, could, could that have anything to do with uh, Sadiq Khan's faith as well? Is there anything there that might lead him to doing this? He said he came about this decision after the, an ad for Protein World, asking women if they were, quote, beach body ready. 378 people complained to the advertising watchdog last year. They actually have an advertising uh, watchdog in, in England. The Advertising Standards Authority. The ads showed uh, women in uh, bikinis with the question, are you beach body ready? And so people lost their minds, of course. Now it's, it's going to be uh, not permitted. So wh what's next? What other, what other languages are next, sir? What's going to happen, Mayor Khan? Are, are you going to go after anything else? I really think this is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Now, thank God we live in a country that still sort of believes in free speech. Thank God we still live in a country that will allow us to, um, to have companies to put out ads like this. You know, does, does it bother you, beach body? Look, if you're not in beach body shape, don't go to the beach. Simple as that. But uh, London, changing the, th changing the way things go. And of course, uh, w what happens in the, the UK Telegraph has said, well, now there are body shaming and sexist ads that we have to point out to everybody. And, you know, we're going to click on them. Guess what? Because we want to see what you consider body shaming. Most of them are attractive women in skimpy outfits, but every now and then there's a really large one. But most of the body shaming ads, they're not shaming the people in the ads. They're shaming the people who look at the ads. And what's the big deal here? So this goes back to the story yesterday, the story uh, that we had uh, after, after Donald Trump had complimented Brigitte Macron and, and the Reebok had said, oh, that was a terrible, terrible thing. Terrible. Yes. Wasn't it terrible? No, it wasn't. Nobody can give a compliment anymore. Everybody needs to calm down. Everybody needs to take a break. So, uh, yeah, here's an update, by the way, on uh, today's vital question of the day. I pointed out the Badu app, which allows you to uh, search for people who are famous, if you want to try and date somebody who looks like somebody famous, I think it's really creepy. But currently, 78% uh, of you say never, I would never do this. 12% of you can't decide, but there are 10% of you, 10% of you out there who would absolutely use the dating app to search for people who are celebrity lookalikes. Seriously, what are we doing, people? You don't, can you imagine 
on on your uh, your engagement party, and somebody goes, "Well, how did you two meet?" Well, I was looking for somebody who looked just like, insert famous name here. It, it could be a little embarrassing, I would think. While we're talking about body shaming and uh, offensive language, can we talk about what Politico is doing today? Can we talk about how Politico is body shaming the president of the United States? Really? Did you miss this one? When we get back, uh, we will share with you the political, Politico ad that is body shaming Donald Trump. I kid you not. You've seen the, the picture that's all over the Internet with Donald Trump playing tennis in a pair of shorts that are on the, on the level of some of Chris Christie's shorts. And I just think it's, um, it's rude to do to the president of the United States. Yeah, we made fun of Obama in his mom jeans. But to fat shame the president? Is that really okay? We'll talk about this just around the corner on Pure Opelka. Come on, man. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I tell you, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that I need to get to. And uh, no, I did not tell you. Um, I, I teased something earlier. I need to complete it. Um, we were talking earlier about Tropical Storm Dawn. And there were jokes all over the weekend about Tropical Storm Dawn. And how uh, it had tiny winds and wasn't going to live up to its potential. All that stuff, even though it said it was going to be huge. And all the left had a lot of fun with Tropical Storm Don, and it blew out to sea. <laughs> it blew out to sea. Oh, too bad for the left. Wouldn't they have loved Tropical Storm Don? Well, in the Eastern Pacific, the next storm name... You can't make this up. The next storm name is Hillary. <laughs> and oh, the headlines we could write with Hillary blows across the island. <laughs> what will we do? Unfortunately, it's Hillary with one L. <laughs> oh, it's wrong for me to be this happy about that. But apparently this could be a serious storm. And I love the people who get all offended when you make a joke about this. You shouldn't joke about tropical storms. They could kill people. Yes, of course they could. Everybody calm down. <laughs> I, if, if tropical storm Hillary forms and becomes a category five storm, I would just like somebody to do the headline Tropical Storm Hillary is a bitch. Or Hillary transitioning from storm to hurricane. 
Oh, it's it, there's so many possibilities here. So many possibilities. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's very wrong of me. Very wrong of me. I will get to the president here in just a second. We talked about the president holding uh, his event at, at the White House today, inviting all of the, the GOP senators over for lunch. And um, he, he let loose with a little bit of uh, a little bit of vitriol targeting Senator Heller. And can you imagine being called out by the president of the United States, publicly called out by the president? Well, Senator Heller got it. I don't think we should leave town unless we have a health insurance plan, unless we can give our people great health care, because we're close. We're very close. The other night, I was very surprised when I heard a couple of my friends, my friends, they really were and are. They might not be very much longer, but that's something. <laughs> I think I have to get that's them back. Right, that's right. I, I refuse. I just, well, no, you didn't go out there. This was the one we were worried about. You weren't there, but you're going to be. You're going to be. There. Look, he wants to remain a senator, doesn't he? Okay. And I- he's got Heller sitting right next to him. <laughs> and he, he just publicly said in front of God and everybody, he wants to remain a senator, doesn't he? I think the people of your state, which I know very well, I think they're going to appreciate what you hopefully will do. Any senator who votes against starting debate is really telling America that you're fine with Obamacare. But being fine with Obamacare isn't an option for another reason, because it's gone. Very, very interesting. Yusuf, the only time he was speaking from a prepared statement was at the end, when he said being against voting against debate is saying that you're fine with Obamacare. Very interesting. The president was off the cuff and read from a prepared statement. Now, that that president sounds pretty sharp, doesn't he? Sounds like he's got he's got control of everything. And usually when you worry about the president's fitness to serve, you worry about his mental capacity. But today in the uh, in the Politico magazine featured today in their 1600 pen section, they have a story entitled is the president fit? And Ben Strauss's article declares Donald Trump the least athletic president in generations. And here's why it matters. Now, th- this, this story goes through Donald Trump's propensity to use golf carts. Donald Trump is 71 years old. Donald Trump, even though he claims he was athletic, you know, golf is about as, as aerobic as pinochle. Let's be honest. I'm a golfer, and if I'm walking the course, it's because I'm feeling pretty good that day. There'll be days where I want to play golf, and I'm not feeling good, and I'll take a cart. But to go after Donald Trump because he has used a golf cart, and, you know, it, at 71 years old, I think you're allowed to use a golf cart if you're going across a, a 7,000-yard golf course. That's, that's, a, that's a whole lot of golf course. 21,000 feet of golf course that you're out there walking along. Do you know many 71-year-olds who could regularly cross, uh, what is that, just over four miles? Does anyone at 71 years old take a four-mile walk? Barack Obama considerably younger than Donald Trump. 
So Donald Trump, they're saying he claimed last year to be 6'3 and 236 pounds, which they say is five pounds shy of an obesity under the body mass index. Are, are we really worried about Donald Trump? Uh, as, as an, he, he played first base in baseball at the New York Military Academy, but I don't think he's been exactly out there as a, as a football player. You don't see him as a runner. But is that a requirement to be president? Is that, is that something we have, we have mandated? Now, we've, we've had presidents who've been in pretty good shape. We've had Barack Obama, despite the mom genes, was not an overweight guy, but he also smoked. Absolutely was a smoker. Used to hide it from everybody. So, seriously, Politico, what are you doing? Are you body shaming a 71-year-old man because he takes a golf cart when he plays golf? This, this really is juxtaprogressivism at its worst during the campaign, Donald Trump talked about his eating habits. He's, he's well known for his, uh, let's say, la less than fancy dining style. We talked the other week when he was going to France about the fact he was going to a restaurant that was going to serve blue lobster and caviar. And he's a guy who's known for having a well-done steak with ketchup. So what? So what? He likes his French fries. We just got rid of the Obamas and Michelle Obama and the, the meal plan that has turned kids away from, from eating at school cafeterias for, for eight years. And just because, just because Donald Trump likes the taco salad they serve at Trump Tower, does that mean he's going to be less of a president? I, I, just, I just don't get this. Now, would I like Donald Trump to be healthy? Yeah, I want every, every president to be healthy. I want them to be at, at their best all the time. But guess what? Donald Trump ain't smoking. Donald Trump ain't drinking. Donald Trump ain't doing drugs. He might outlive all of you people, Ben Strauss. Every single one of you. So I, I don't think it's fair and for the left to get all upset about body shaming and then pull it on the president, I think is, is beyond despicable. So, Mr. President, I support your habit of having a steak, even though well done is kind of disgusting to me, and ketchup, uh, you know, if you might try it a little medium rare, you might not need the ketchup to uh, make it be a little juicy. And a vegetable every now and then is okay, although I do appreciate the French fry habits, sir, as well. So um, p political, Politico, shame on you for trying to fat shame the president. And uh, the others who are out there sharing the, the photo of Donald Trump on the tennis court in the shorts with um can we say vpl can we say visible panty line for president trump come on people what are we doing it's the president of the united states you should protect the dignity of the office even if you don't like the guy inside it's the leader of the free world michael pelk on pure pelk and when we come back i got a couple more items to touch on 
And, uh, ooh, I didn't even get to the Ed Sheeran story. I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. I've never seen an episode, but a friend of mine said, you have to talk about Ed Sheeran deleting his, his Twitter account. Maybe I just did. Maybe I don't need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. There's a few more things to squeeze in here before we get out of here today. Uh, you know, I, I need to remind you once more, uh, the, the best time for you to take advantage of the three-week quick start deal with uh, Relief Factors right now. It's, it's so simple. And uh, all you have to do is what Todd Bennett did, and you'll, you might experience what Todd Bennett experienced. Check it out. So I got a job with a cable company, and in December 2005, I fell from a highline pole. And morphine, Oxycontin, and all that stuff, I was in bed for the last probably eight years of my life. Got the relief factor two weeks later. I got up out of bed. I could go like this. I stood up, and it was just, wow. I mean, it, the pain wasn't all the, way to get, all the way gone. It's enough to where I could get out of bed in the morning. I look forward to getting up out of bed. Uh, I do yard work now back in the wood shop woodworking and just actually living my life i'm not not dull no more you know <laughs> we can't promise that relief factor will make you uh no no longer dull but todd is talking about getting his life back getting getting the ability to go out and work in his shop to to be part of his family and i will tell you i started relief factor in early april and i take it religiously breakfast lunch and dinner and it's three times a day, and it is all natural. It's an anti-inflammatory, and by reducing the inflammation, the pain goes away. The pain is the reaction, is your body telling you there's a problem here, there's inflammation. Well, it's gone now. And I stopped taking those over-the-counter green gel caps on the 15th of April, and I haven't touched one since, and I was taking eight a day. Check out Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com. Don't wait. I waited too long. I should have started at the end of last year when Brad Staggs told me about it. 1995 for the three-week quick start pack. Relieffactor.com. You can get details or you can pick up the phone right now and call Relief Factor. It's 800-500-9394. Um, 800-500-9394. Check them out, please. Now, I mentioned uh, this, this crazy story about Ed Sheeran and uh, Game of Thrones. I am not a Game of Thrones person. As a matter of fact, when, when Game of Thrones first started happening, when it started bubbling up, there were a bunch of people who work at The Blaze who were like, oh, you got to see Game of Thrones. You got to see Game of Thrones. It's amazing. It's Game of Thrones. I have still resisted. Because people were too over the top about it. It was too much. And I went, no, I'm not, I'm not watching Game of Thrones. It's, it's not happening. No thank you was some of the answers I gave. But I, I don't understand when it's that obsessive of an addiction to it. 
I tend to lean away from it. So when I, when I saw today that Ed Sheeran, who I think is a talented guy, when Ed Sheeran had actually kind of been forced to delete his Twitter account following criticism of uh, him in a cameo role on Game of Thrones. He had, he's had a couple times where Ed Sheeran, again, I think the guy's very talented, where he had dropped out of social media just because it's too much sometimes. Well, apparently, uh, people attacking him after he made a, a cameo appearance in the opener was just the last straw. As he is, he has not only disappeared from Twitter, he deleted his account less than 24 hours after that appearance. Now, I wonder, this, you know, he can do whatever he wants, and it's fine. I'm sure he'll show up later at another time, and everybody will be happy and say, Yay, Ed Sheeran's back. Great. The world can carry on again. But I, I'm more in, interested in, in what show you would like to do a cameo appearance on. Because at one time, after living and working in New York for 20 years, everybody I know had appeared in in uh, Law and Order, in some way, shape, or form. Virtually everybody I knew had either a guest appearance or was an under-five player or made some kind of cameo appearance on a Law and Order. And I, I only wanted one thing on Law and Order. I wanted to be the dead body at the start of the show. Never got it to happen. So that, that dream, that ship has sailed. Maybe on the... Next season of something. Tomorrow's a big day. O.J. Simpson takes on the parole board tomorrow. I just posted a vital question. Do you think O.J. will be paroled? He's been behind bars for nine years for trying to get back his stuff, as he says it. Still served virtually no time for killing Nicole and Ron Goldman. We'll see tomorrow, but take the poll today. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.